You're listening to the Co-Creator Network. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Good afternoon. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity with your host, Christina Pratt. Director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome, everyone, to Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and I would like to begin our proceedings here today by calling out to the helping spirits to be with us. So I call out to your ancestors and to mine. I call out to those people who lived well and died well and bring all that is good and true and beautiful in our ancestral lines into our lives through that great legacy, that rich legacy that we can draw on so that we can learn from those who have gone before us, that we can end those actions that human beings take that are clearly not life-sustaining, that are mistakes in the great evolution of humanity on earth and that we can open up through the assistance with these helping spirits to understand how to innovate, how to change, how to bring some unique ideas, um, new ways of being into the world to help us to meet these very same challenges of our time. So we call out to the ancestral helping spirits to be with us, that we the living can do what needs to be done for those who are coming. And let us humbly reach beyond the humans to those ever more ancient ancestors, to all the rest of life that has been here long before there was ever a human and will be here long after us. And let us reach out to these wise ones, those who stand in life longer than we, those who have perspective and those who understand that which does uh, go with us when we die. May we call out to these helping spirits in their many forms to help us to learn to be better humans, to help us to understand that which abides, that which we cultivate through our actions in life, and that which shape the very fabric of our own soul. We ask these energies to be with us strong and true and to help us to understand in these challenging times where it is that we must step up, where it is that we must stand up and say, no, I cannot accept this any longer and to help to give us the ways and the means to do these very things. And as we reach out to the helping spirits and ask them to help us do the impossible, we are deeply grateful for their presence and we know that they have been around helping human beings do what appeared impossible in every single generation. So with great gratitude for the helping spirits that are gathering around us, let us take a moment and gather ourselves, drawing ourselves from whenever we might be, wherever we might be uh, scattered about, and gather into our mind, and from our mind let us focus and draw our energy down into our hearts, and from our hearts let us focus and draw our energy down into our belly. And from our belly, let us focus and draw our energy down and touch the earth and stop all things for just a moment just to give gratitude to the earth. To give thanks for life, for the wonder of a new day, for the enormous diversity and blessing that this day holds, for all the challenges in your life that have brought you to this moment, for all that is in this moment and all will be. Let us reach out to the energy of the earth and take a moment, recognize the profound, awe-inspiring wonder of life itself and to give thanks for this energy. Let us not take it for granted. Let us use this life in a good way. And with gratitude to the earth for life itself, we reach down through all the layers of the earth, letting our gratitude pour out layer after layer after layer as we reach deeply into the very core of the earth, into that fiery molten center, and we connect into these deep energies, these energies that draw their power from darkness, from stillness and silence, these energies that are before life on earth, before diversity, before beauty, before abundance. That energy that is before, let us cultivate our relationship with that energy deep in the earth, that which nourishes and restores and replenishes. Let us reach deeply into this energy in enormous gratitude and draw the earth energy up, drawing it up through all the layers of the earth into our body. They can come up the bottoms of the feet 
into the base of your torso. We draw the earth energy up and we call up the wisdom of manifestation, how to be here in form in a good way for all living things. We call up the energy that renews and restores and replenishes, that nourishes us and helps us uh, to grow in a way that allows us to take our place in this great fabric of life. And as we call the earth energy into ourselves, let us come to ground ourselves deeply and clearly and understand who we are, what we stand for, what has meaning and purpose in our life, and may we devote our life to that. May we create our sense of home, not simply from habit, but from what truly has heart and meaning in our life. And may we build that sense of home, that sense of hearth, and that sense of belonging for what really nourishes our own heart. And let us open our table, our door and our table to those who are other than we are. And we invite these energies in to help to open our minds, to open our hearts, to open ourselves to that which is different than we are, that we might come to understand that if we are going to do the impossible, we will be doing it together or not at all. And as we invite the other into our lives and into ourselves, let us come into right relationship with all these different aspects of ourself inside and come in uh, using the energy of the earth to understand connection and interconnection and the interdependent energies of us with our environment, of us with other living things, of us with the invisible world. And as we recognize that we are in relationship with all these many, many layers of life, let us have the blessing of one moment where we truly tune into that great web of life and feel ourselves as that tiny place within that web of life. And may we cultivate our sense of right relationship with ourself from that knowing. And let us draw the energy of the earth up from belly to heart and heart to mind as we resonate with our relationship with all things and draw our energy up and out the top of our heads, up and out into the cosmos, reaching for the highest power of the universe, and by whatever name you know this energy, by whatever way you conceive of it, to reach out to this energy, these radiant energies from above, and to draw this energy down into yourself, into your day, and into these proceedings. And as we draw this energy down from the cosmos and the atmosphere and the air above into our own body, we call in the energy of blessing, we call in the energy of protection. We invite these energies to fill ourselves and to fill our day and allow us and inspire us to have the energy that we need to understand devotion and commitment. And we call out to the benevolence of the universe to radiate down on us and we open ourselves to allow it in and receive it. We call out to this energy for inspiration and illumination to be the lighthouse in the great storm that we might find our way to a new shore. We call out to these energies to help us to be inspired, to help us to have the courage to release the old story and open to that which is coming. We call out to this energy above to feel the beneficence of this universe and draw this energy into ourself and make it real in our day. And as we draw this energy from our head to our heart and our heart to our belly and send it down to the center of the earth, let the energies of earth and sky mix and mingle in balance. And let these two legendary lovers come together within you and let their big love awaken the spirit of your own heart. And as your heart awakens, let us bring that crucible of transformation online and call up the fiery passions of the belly and call down the crystal clarity of the mind. And let this be the day that those two energies mix and merge and move together in your heart in such a way that you come to understand or are inspired or remember or in some way come to know some sense of why it is that you are here, that true unique genius that you bring into this life. And may you find courage in that very same human heart to do something in this day, large or small, to bring those gifts into manifestation in the world. And for all of the spirit help that we all have to do these actions, I give great thanks. May what needs to be said be said and what needs to be heard be heard. And may these proceedings go forward in a way that is good for all living things. I would like to thank Amy and Emily, Malama, Brian, Sarah, Melissa, and Colin, and all of the listeners who have donated to the show financially. 
Why Shamanism Now is listener supported. So if this show moves you in any way, um, I invite you to do that most shamanic core, shamanic of all actions, which is to allow that which moves you in the heart to motivate your actions in the world and to do something large or small to help the show to grow. We accept uh, donations of any amount. Nothing is too humble or too grand. All of it goes directly to keeping the show on the air and has been doing so now for a number of years. And as long as this con- exchange continues, I'll do my best to continue to create shows that help us all to understand how to bring shamanism into our lives in practical and effective and safe ways in our own time that we might meet the challenges that are before us. So for those of you who are not able to donate financially, that does not mean you are not able to exchange energy with the show. So there are many, many ways to do that. Um, You can always go to whyshamanismnow.com and uh, connect in. We are trying to find a way to offer the transcripts. People have transcribed shows and make them available to other listeners. People have been inspired to teach and create art by the shows and have shared those with us. There are many. We're kind to grow that part of the website. But anyway, this is our, our thoughts about the new year. But just keep in mind, there are many ways to keep the show alive and growing and vital. But the main way is to do this in your life to bring these teachings into manifestation in your life and to see what happens. So we are not live today, but you are welcome to email me as always at christina at lastmaskcenter.org. And I also want to give thanks um, and continue for our continued support with um, cocreatornetwork.com. Um, continuing to produce the shows and help us to keep the shows um, in good quality and available to you all, whoever can get on a computer anywhere in the world. So there are many, many people and many, many things that keep the show happening, and I am deeply grateful for all of it. So today's show is the fundamentals of shamanic practice. So a working relationship with your helping spirits is the fundamental working unit of shamanic practice and shamanic healing. So that working relationship with spirit is what defines a practice or a healing as shamanic. It is the the fundamental element that makes the action shamanic. And that working relationship with spirit is actually built on four even more basic relationships. These are your relationship with the invisible world as a whole, your relationship with ordinary reality, your everyday life, your relationship with your energy, your personal physical energy in the world, your little energy body with the big energy body, and your relationship with your humanity. In other words, this has to do with your morals and your ethics and the quality with which you choose to live your destiny. So, The conscious cultivation of these relationships are the fundamentals of right relationship with spirit, which in turn is then the fundamental to shamanism. And so, like many people, you know, I was taught that the fundamental, you know, the smallest unit that everything was built on was your working relationship with spirit. And that's that's true. But as contemporary people, we are often crippled or hobbled in our ability to create Um, a sound, um, trustworthy, accurately interpreted working relationship with spirit because we actually don't have some other very fundamental relationships operating which normally we would be taught to cultivate these relationships by our healthy culture but we lack a healthy culture and so one of the things I've definitely learned in eight years of why shamanism now and the emails that follow from the shows is that um, journeying in other words learning to journey to connect with your helping spirits you can begin to ask questions and then continue to be taught by your helping spirits okay so that is not actually the smallest unit the fundamental from your emails and response to many of the shows, it is clear that um, that there are a number of more basic practices and that when you engage in those basic practices, it changes everything for you, in not just in your relationship with the world, but in your relationship with your helping spirits. 
So these these relationships with the invisible world, with ordinary reality, with your own energy body, and with your self. You know, you are not your mind. You are you are more than that. And so who are you in the world and who do you care to be? What's the quality of the life that you want to live? These questions are not particularly shamanic questions. They're really questions that you're meant to um, work out with your culture and through the cosmology that you're taught by your culture. But we lack both. Um, or we're given a, a great deal of misinformation most of us are trying to recover from. And so consequently, we don't have the fundamentals for the fundamentals of shamanic practice that's kind of what i'm trying to talk about here today it's a little bit circular but i don't mean it to be so let's start out with some terms um and i will be right up front saying these are not universal terms this is just what i mean when i'm talking about these things um and so let's talk about the distinction that i make between shamanic practice and a shamanic healing practice So part of the challenge for us today is that much of a contemporary person's engagement with shamanism is going to come through some kind of non-traditional training. And those trainings tend to be focused on learning the healing forms, not so much focused on understanding a cosmology those healing forms fit into or a shamanic practice that those healing forms fit into. And so for me, what I've come to understand is the much bigger piece of my life, in a sense, is my shamanic practice, which in other words, how I live my life every day. All aspects of my life from driving to the grocery store to um, conducting a journey circle at my house to the ritual on the weekend to... um, effectively how I make my living. How how do I um, attend to the responsibilities that I have in the world as an adult? These things all get responded to in my life through my shamanic practice. Everything is an extension or an expression of that way of living. So someone might say, for example, I'm an Episcopalian and I, you know, go to church every Sunday. And they may or may not think about how those Episcopalian beliefs influence how they choose to live the rest of their week. And so from my perspective, a spiritual practice is something that you're living, you're doing it every day. So does your Buddhist practice affect how you choose to go grocery shopping? More so than just deciding not to eat meat, right? How you comport yourself in that day. What do you value? How do you see the reality around you? So all of these things are absolutely fundamental to shamanic practice. In other words, shifting your awareness and your understanding of the world to be understood through a shamanic lens and thus engaging with the world around you with that understanding. Um, And thus the spirits of the land become real to you. I don't mean necessarily that you see them, but over time you develop the ability to sense them and to feel them. Um, And some people will always have greater sensitivity to than you in those areas but that doesn't mean you can't be in good relationship with them with the elemental energies where you are with your own helping spirits with your own ancestral helping spirits with the helping spirits of your child you know all of these things are part of an active vital shamanic practice and that as you go through the day you are engaging with people as part of the great web of life And what does that mean based on how people are responding to you? In other words, your shamanic practice is your life. And and from my perspective, anyone engaging in shamanic healing without first having a shamanic practice is, um, I, I don't know, to me it's like people that get certified to do acupuncture without studying Chinese medicine. It's just a completely disembodied practice. It's become a modality versus an art. Because just like Chinese medicine, shamanism, many things are arts. They're a path of mastery. They're not a codifiable modality. Yes, on a low level, they can work that way. Because yes, your helping spirits will show up. And yes, 
they'll help with the basics. But the deeper um, expression of shamanic healing or shamanic healing practice is rooted deeply in the shamanic practice. So the important thing about that in understanding the fundamentals of shamanic practice in life in our contemporary world, especially those of you living outside of a shamanic tradition, is that every single one of you can have a shamanic practice. You don't need an initiation to have a shamanic practice. You just need an understanding of the world and helping spirits to help you understand that world. And you need to work with them. And everything unfolds from that. Um, okay. But to be a shamanic healer, you need to actually be initiated and called by spirit to that work. So, just to try to make this more clear, there are students in my community who are not called to be shamanic healers. They are not initiated as shamanic healers. They have a very rich, robust, vital, and strong shamanic practice. They live their lives through that practice. And occasionally, they will do shamanic healing as part of that practice. And that's perfectly fine because it's flowing naturally from the answers as the answers to the questions that they're asking their helping spirits. And they understand the basic mechanisms of the different healing forms, largely because they've experienced them as the recipient. And they have the ability here and there to do that. And that's perfectly logical extension of a shamanic practice but again there's no initiation and thus they're not presenting themselves in the world as a shamanic healer they're a shamanic practitioner so the this is the distinction that i make and the reason for that and the reason for why shamanism now is because i believe we will change the world through shamanic practitioners not shamanic healers that the sheer numbers of people engaging in robust shamanic practice together, which gives them the foundation to step into the kind of ritual and ceremony that can help us change our time. That's going to come through shamanic practice, not shamanic healers. So but this has kind of been an ongoing theme, I think, in why shamanism now. But because of this, what I'd like to talk about today here is these fundam- what are the fundamentals you need to work on for your shamanic practice in life? Okay. So, back to the beginning here. Okay. So, your working relationship with spirit, which is fundamental to making whatever it is that you're doing shamanic, is built on four even more basic relationships. So, one is your relationship with the invisible world as a whole. In other words, not just you and your helping spirit, but beginning to understand the whole landscape of the invisible world, all of the many different energies that populate that world and what our relationship is with those um, energies um, so that you, you begin to understand what's really going on here and that there is so much going on that you are not perceiving through your five senses and to, and to accept that as a piece of reality. And develop that relationship then with that um, invisible world. I mean, mine is constantly growing. My understanding of what is going on in the invisible world and my responsibility relative to that is always growing and changing. And I assume that it will through my entire life and I'll still only know the little tiniest tip of that iceberg. So that's relationship number one so relationship number two that you would want to work on if you really want to develop a strong and grounded and accurate shamanic practice is your relationship with ordinary reality now what i mean by this and what the helping spirits mean by this is most contemporary americans i'll speak for the americans but this is true for most of the academically educated western world is that you take reality Um, as a fixed given and you don't understand how plastic it is and that because reality is an obvious given you um, tend to lock it in and ordinary reality is not that fixed and when we lock it in we tend to lock our mind into fixing ourself as well 
And so there's a, there's a parallel between how you see yourself as being changeable and fluid and plastic and flexible and life, the physical life. And so two things happen when people hold reality as being in effect too real is they react to it and dive into fantasy. They leave their bodies, they do a lot of drugs, they have a great time leaving their body, but it leaves their body uninhabited and their soul's purpose unlived. So the other thing that people do when they get fixed in reality is they, they just get ground down by it. They just keep, you know, doing it harder, stronger, faster, basically, and get ground down by it. And the important thing to recognize is that you need to be in relationship with it. You can step back from it and be in relationship with ordinary reality around you because for you to take effective action in the world, be it in the physical world or the spirit world, you need to see current reality accurately. And the only way you can see it accurately is you get a couple steps back from it so that you have some perspective. And so that ability to recognize this real reality here isn't as real as you think it is. And so, so okay, so an example would be right now, uh, post-election in the United States, pre-vote by the Electoral College, there's a lot of posting on social media going on that says, um, well, say goodbye to your national forests. Well, say goodbye to this as if the person posting is a prophet and actually knows precisely what will happen if ABC happens. They're saying XYZ by definition is going to happen. Well, not necessarily. That kind of thinking is very non-shamanic. That assumption that if this happens, then that will happen. It's a given, so we might as well just go have a beer and drink too much and not bother to pay attention. That your relationship with ordinary reality as fixed as it is in the moment is not fixed between now and the next moment. And so that backing up out of this um, reactive relationship with ordinary reality and recognize this is your playing field. This reality is the reality you have chosen to manifest your gifts in the world. And so you need to come into right relationship with ordinary reality. And ultimately, it needs to be a heartfelt relationship if you are going to use the plasticity of this environment to be the landscape in which you bring your soul's purpose into full manifestation. You can't be hating the world and expect to love your soul's purpose into existence. It doesn't work. Okay, so that relationship is really important. How you understand Reality, And by this, I mean the reality that you sense, we all sense through our five senses. How you perceive of that is really important. Your relationship with your energy body in the world is something we've talked a great deal about on this show. And there is an energy body hygiene episode from 2016 and a recap looking in the um, Basics of Living Well series. That, and the reason that this information doesn't keep changing is because the information isn't changing. That you're still a human being on this planet sailing through this universe and how you need to engage as an energetic being in this energetic world is relatively constant That because you and the world are changing. But you're still in a constant relationship with each other. So the idea that somehow for some new crazy new age reason you don't need to be grounded anymore is ludicrous. How you ground yourself may be evolving, but the fact that a human being needs to be grounded isn't going to change. It's a constant. It's part of the constant. So this energy body relationship that I'm talking about is fundamental to understanding how to be here in a good way, you as a, as a person being here in a good way. But the same principles that apply to how you've learned to ma- ground yourself and manage good boundaries here in ordinary reality apply to your relationship with the helping spirits and working with energies in the invisible world. So if you've got crappy relationships in your love life, you're going to have crappy relationships with the spirit world. It, so the point is the the quality of the energy in your relationships, your relationship with yourself in your energy body and your relationship with others, it all matters deeply and profoundly in terms of your shamanic practice. And finally, <sighs> at a time 
when the dominant world cultures don't really seem to care about morals and ethics much any longer, it is important to remind ourselves that just because your government doesn't care anymore doesn't mean that's changed at all in terms of humanity's relationship with the spirit world and the invisible world. Your choice around your own morality and ethics has to do with the cultivation of your soul in this life, period. doesn't have to do with anything else. So the choices that you make about the quality of life that you want to live, these choices affect the shaping of your soul in this life. And this is one of the most um, advanced aspects of shamanism, granted, but it's really fundamental to understanding what the hell we're doing here, which is we are here... Yes, for the expression of our soul's purpose, to bring our unique genius to the world. Yes. And how we do that matters because it shapes the quality of our soul. And I mean our immortal soul, the, the, the experience of our immortal soul in this lifetime. So how you choose to live matters. And so this relationship, your relationship with yourself matters. And so this is another quality that a lot of people have a hard time with, that they are their mind and their mind is embedded in ordinary reality and they have a really hard time using their imagination to pry themselves out of this belief in a hard fixed reality and then to pry their own internal awareness out of their mind and recognize they're not their mind. These actions are necessary if you want to have a shamanic practice, that these, that this is fundamental and that in other words, your helping spirits will continue to confuse you constantly if you don't get your head in the game shamanically. And because the issue is your head, the issue is our head as contemporary people. Okay, so moving right along here. Okay, so at its most basic, contemporary people have a really hard time conceiving of anything outside of our own skid, skin. Sorry. So this is at this stage in the evolution of science, real science, true science, not bad science used to argue a point, but true science is basically telling us through science and math and physics what the shamans have been telling us for a very long time much of what we have known through practice through shamanic practice to be true and effective is now being quote-unquote validated by science so to continue to think there's nothing real going on outside of your skin at this stage is actually willful ignorance and there's Tons of beautiful books that have been written by um, serious scientists, written for the common person who doesn't really understand the science language, to understand this bigger and more expansive understanding of our universe. So my point is, many people use science as a way to justify their belief that nothing exists outside of what we can sense with our five senses. And that argument at this time on earth is an ignorant and childish fear-based argument that science this thing that has been used to say shamanism doesn't exist science itself is now saying well actually they're kind of been right all along right so What's really important to understand is that there's lots of very, very real stuff happening inside of your physical body that you cannot perceive through your five senses. For example, chi, the movement of chi. So people have been practicing qigong, tai chi, kung fu, and these martial practices and the movement of chi for many thousands of years, right? And Chinese medicine as a form that is being passed on has been practiced for at least 2,000 years, if not more. And these practices are all about the movement of chi as a real thing. And for anyone who's practiced long enough to feel their chi, they know that it is a real thing. We don't sense it through our five senses. We sense it through other 
tuning in through other awareness. But the bottom line is that it's a real energy. So is Reiki and healing touch, these different physical practices. Healing touch is actually brought into hospitals here in the United States. So my point is, if we go back to someone who's totally mainline, like Larry Dossie, for example, um, as an MD who's studied the effect of prayer, and he talks about um, three eras in health and how we've evolved from a very mechanistic, mechanical understanding of medicine into one where we start realizing that people's um, physical experience is influenced by things like stress and different psychological situations, moved on to what he considers the third era where we start to understand that it, that our physical body is not only influenced by our mental and emotional and spiritual body but that the, that physical body can even be influenced at a distance by things like prayer or blessings or cleansings or shamanic healing right so my point is um, I've shared here on the radio show a story about um, a physical object a necklace that I received from my mother that had been blessed by shamans um, on the other side of the world and when I put that necklace on I was sick for a number of hours I think a day or a day and a half I can't even remember exactly but it changed me as my body incorporated that blessing everything that couldn't resonate at the level of that blessing had to be kicked out and so the body only has so many ways to do that. And it usually looks something like a cold or a flu. Um, but then as that energy got kicked out and I was able to resonate with the blessing, it changed my energy. And then my energy, then I was then able to be a different person in the world. And so these things are real. So fundamental to understanding these relationships with the physical world and the invisible world is recognizing that there are many, many energies we can't experience through our five senses. And we haven't learned to measure yet. Um, nonetheless, they matter. And one of the most important things in terms of your shamanic practice and um, working you know, year after year with helping spirits is understanding how your emotions influence things and learning a practice that will allow you to clear your emotions because your helping spirits can't do that for you. Um, so my point is that the list goes on and on about things that affect us profoundly that exist outside of our body. The most important thing to understand is that you are the change agent in the middle of all of that, that you have the power of choice and free will. Okay, so fundamental to shamanic practice is the understanding that the whole thing is driven through your choices, um, through your expression of your free will, and that that energy is moved largely through your questions or your intention. Um, so you're helping spirits operate through your free will. So you can do the impossible with them, but it's operating through your will your choices your actions in the world they aren't magic they seems like magic a lot of the time when we're working really well with our helping spirits but they aren't magical beings with power over you they work with you through your free will so the right use of will your understanding of your own right use of will, that you are the power in your life and that your choices are shaping your life, that understanding is critically important for understanding how to operate in relationship with your helping spirit. So this right use of will idea is fundamental to journeying well. Not that you can't learn to journey without sorting this out in your life, but I um, see many... Uh, people that come to me with problems with their journeying and their understanding of their journeying where the question itself or the intention of the journey, the interpretation and experience of the journey and the actions they take are all being completely distorted by their own misunderstanding of their right use of will and that they are the change agent in their life. Okay, so... This, my ability, your ability to express your right use of will, moves through your energy body. And your energy body, the, 
the primary functions of your energy body. Now, if you're an energy healer and you studied, for example, with Barbara Brennan or something like that, your understanding of your energy body is much more advanced than this. And for shamanic practice, the fundamentals around energy body that you need are your grounding cord, the center channel that is the, the rest, the, the part of the grounding cord that isn't grounding, right? So there's the center channel from the center of the earth through your body up to the highest power and back down again. The part that goes from your root chakra to the center of the earth is your grounding cord. So those, those are important. Your boundaries which are inside of the edge of your aura, but outside of your physical body, right? And your what is going on inside the chakras themselves, being aware of the quality and the state of each chakra. Or if seven chakras is too much for you to pay attention to, your three main energy centers, which would be your belly and your heart and your mind. The whole point, of, no matter how you see it, whether you see seven chakras or three energy centers, is that there are energetic centers of awareness within your body um, that, are, that are main structures in your energy body and they influence how you experience your ordinary reality life. They influence your non-ordinary reality life, your journey life. And they also directly influence your health and well-being. They influence your choices. So the point is that energy body, the state, the, the healthy or unhealthy state of your energy body influences your ability to exercise your right use of will and be the agent of change and power in your own life. So within the energy body, other issues that are extremely important once you have your structure is flow and balance of the energies moving and flowing through the energy body noticing where they get stuck having skills to deal with how they get stuck so with that comes learning to clear what you find in your energy body because these things are the source of your projections on your everyday life on your shamanic life your shamanic practice life but also the source of um where flow gets blocked, where flow gets blocked or stagnated, you become unhealthy. We, we as humans become unhealthy. So these things are critically important for our physical, our spiritual, and emotional, our mental well-being is to tend our energy body well. That you can't do that just in journeys because your physical body is manifest here in the physical world. You need to tend it here as well. So we need to be able to clear the sources of our projections which are usually what I refer to as stories, memories, um, experiences that are incomplete and held in the body in some way. You need to learn to clear beliefs that you're holding that no longer serve you. You need to learn to clear emotional patterns that are shaping the way you experience um, your life. You need to learn to clear issues that present themselves in other ways in that internal landscape. Um, clear past lives and ultimately to clear yourself of cords with people energetic connections with people that are not overt and clear and communicative or um, contracts that you have with the significant people in your life all of these things are basic energy management the, the not managing of these energies distorts your shamanic practice because it distorts your perception of your relationship with your helping spirits the messages they give you, how you interpret them, and how you act in the world. So let me be very clear. If you are not aware of cultivating and clearing the energy in your energy body, your journeys are being distorted from the truth, period. That is the nature of our relationship with our energy body. If we are not cultivating it and tending it and clearing it, it is distorting the deeper truth our helping spirits are trying to communicate to us through our journeys. It is absolutely fundamental to the health and well-being, accuracy and efficacy of your shamanic practice. So the next thing that we do is um, we have a tendency because of the old story to wait because we don't understand ourselves as the agent of change in our life, we have a tendency to wait for something outside of ourselves to change us. We tend to wait to be rescued. We tend to so one way to do it is we wait for the chosen one to save us, or we wait to be the chosen one so that we can save ourselves, or 
we blame the issues on somebody else and we project the power out onto somebody else, some other system, some other um, – and there may be a good explanation from that, that it's a pattern you set up in your past, but it's not the past. It's the present, so it's not a valid excuse. So the important thing in terms of a shamanic practice is to stop waiting for the outside thing to change you. Stop waiting for your helping spirit to change you. Use your helping spirit to guide you in how you change yourself. So we do this waiting thing, like I said, in several ways. One is literally waiting for the chosen. The other is projecting everything onto others, blaming others. Um, But fundamental uh, to a responsible shamanic practice is understanding that you are the agent of change in your life. That there's a little energy you in relationship with the great big universal energy. It's important to understand that relationship and cultivate it. That there's a relationship between the center of the earth energy and the center of the sky energy by whatever name you want to call those and cult connecting those energies through you and using those energies in your own body. There is actively cultivating your relationship with the elements around you the earth air fire and water or you can do a five element thing if you want but the point is that you begin to have a relationship with these most ancient ancestors by the way that can help you to cultivate and shape your relationship with yourself like nothing can help you sort out the mess you've created in your heart like the elemental energies They are very much like the emotions and that they are very different from each other. They are related to each other. They flow and connect with each other. They affect each other. And they are absolutely, they meaning the elements as helping spirits, are quite capable of assisting you in understanding about a healthy relationship with your emotions. So in other words, in a healthy shamanic practice, you're going to have relationship with invisible energies beyond your helping spirits um, because they are the energies that are supporting the larger structure of your shamanic life. And so there is relationship with the environmental energy. So the land spirits around you, um, other significant um, geography that's around you or significant human creations that are around you like a cemetery or like a monument of some kind and important in these energies is um, being aware of uh, balance of flow and beginning to understand the exchange of energy it's not transactional It's like I don't give chocolate to my ancestral helping spirits so they'll give me something back, like at the grocery store. That's a transaction. That the exchange of energy is about um, I give this energy which changes in form since they're certainly not eating my chocolate, their spirits, right? But the intent in the act and the giving of something that I value goes to them. It's a way of conveying the energy. They take that energy. They do something with that energy. They're going to give me some other kind of energy in the flow of how the day moves. And it's a constant changing and moving and exchange of energy. And it's not um, tallied at the end of the day. It's um, lived in the same way that you are in a constant living relationship, for example, of energetic exchange with each of your organs. Right, And your liver doesn't go, uh, excuse me, by the way, you're in debt to me. Right, It just starts to get sick. So it's important to recognize energy exchange is a more subtle way of engaging in energy, but it is more aligned with the deeper reality that we actually live in. So the healer says – that the way that you can begin to engage with these relationships in your life and build stronger fundamentals for your relationship um, with life, but also with the shamanic energies, is to remember that death is your ally. And, you know, and by the way, if you've been listening to Why Shamanism Now for years, the healer is constantly reminding us of this, which tells me that we are not embracing this message very well. 
Anyway, Healer says that death is your ally and that only after you rein in your fear of death and all of its contemporary manifestations, which would be like, I can't leave this job because I can't lose my whatever. I can't do this because of that. All of these fear of death, they're, they're disguised in, in reasonable contemporary forms, but they're still manifestations of the fear of death. Okay, so um, until you rein in your fear of death and all of its contemporary manifestations, you can begin to be moved and taught by your helping spirit. So only once you are no longer being driven by fear can you really open to being taught by your helping spirits. I mean, they'll answer your questions, but their ability to help you then is completely limited to what you decide to ask. And in shamanic practice, we start to open up to the relationship where we're beginning to learn more than we're asking. And death says that the real issue here is that we are afraid to live, that we need to choose life, not just run from death, which is kind of a hamster wheel. Um, And so again, yes, your helping spirits will answer your question in the hamster wheel and around and around and around you'll go. But they're not going to say, by the way, you're in a hamster wheel unless you change your relationship with death and step out of the hamster wheel they can ask you how to they can answer your questions for how to do that but again it's not their responsibility to tell you you shouldn't be in a hamster wheel if you want to be in a hamster wheel be in a hamster wheel that's their perspective so this and this whole fear based allowing justifying fear to drive your life is part of the old story it's a deep and old ancestral fear and yes there's a lot of ancestral healing that probably needs to happen but that doesn't change the fact that you are the agent of change in your life now you get to choose to think to feel to live otherwise you're not um destined simply do what your unresolved ancestral energies say so the point that the healer and death are trying to make is that you are the one choosing you're the one choosing to allow your ancestors to influence you or not you are the one choosing to allow the old story to influence you or not you are the one choosing to keep running from death and allowing to fear to drive your choices or not and the warrior says this is critically important to listen to the healer and death because your task here is to work to take action in the world that matters and the warrior cautions us to stop assuming we know what will happen this is about cultivating your relationship with ordinary reality and finding the balance between making your choices in the current reality real grounded choices and staying open to the impossible and the unimaginable happening The warrior counsels us to say goodbye to that which no longer serves you, to defeat it, to end it, to let it go. And if you don't know how to do that, to learn how to do that. And then to educate yourself in new ideas. So to educate yourself that you are able to act in ways that matter to you. So in other words, was protesting after the election a valuable action? I don't know. That's the question that the warrior is asking. And was that an action that mattered? Or would it be more valuable for you to spend your time educating yourself to understand how you make sure that your voice is heard in the government? Right? Most people act only at their level of understanding. And if you don't understand anything about how the government works, all you can do is protest. But... You have a right to free speech. You have a right to protest. Is that actually directly affecting what you want to have change? And that's what the warrior is saying. Work. Take action in the world that matters. Educate yourself so that you can understand how to be effective in the world that you live in. Okay. So important here in our fundamentals of understanding um, shamanic practice is that it, it, we each need to discern, you can ask your helping spirits about this, whether you are functioning as a mature spiritual adult in the world or are you a highly skilled wounded child, which means you've learned a lot of skills to clear your upset, but the bottom line remains you are a person who is constantly upset. 
You are constantly experiencing the world as that wounded child. Another version that we see is a highly talented wounded child. So this is someone who's just got raw talent to work with spirit, for example, um, to 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 understand these things that we're talking about but doesn't really have any skill doesn't really have a cosmology and more importantly because they are also a wounded child a highly talented wounded child they don't have the morals or ethics to understand the right use of their power right use of power is absolutely fundamental to then learning to journey and working with spirit and then another um, option you need to really look at is are you a highly sensitive wounded child? Many people who are highly sensitive do get wounded as children and now are jumping on the highly sensitive bandwagon saying, see, I'm highly sensitive, I'm highly sensitive, instead of, as the warrior says, educate yourself, do work that matters. In other words, train yourself. How, do, how are you going to manage being this highly sensitive person in this world in a way that allows you to bring your gifts to the world. These are gifts. How are you going to use them as a blessing and not allow them to continue to cripple you? And then another thing to look into that keeps us from effective action in the world is the degree to which people feel they are entitled. And keep in mind that one of the entitlements that often goes unrealized is the victim. The victim's entitlement to stay the victim. So keep that in mind. So the helping spirits will meet you in any of these manifestations of life. But you have to ask. And that the answers they have for you will change you. And you have to be willing to embrace that change. So keep in mind in terms of your fundamentals of shamanic practice that the helping spirits take many forms. And um, the key is not that you have helping spirits. Of course you do. It's that you are investing your time and energy and practice in cultivating a working relationship with them. And for most of us, we need to do that through shamanic journeying. The other aspect of shamanic journey states is embodiment. And embodiment is also a valuable way to engage with your helping spirits. However, for most people, because their energy body is a mess... The embodiment is a bit of a mess as well. So when your boundaries are clear in ordinary reality, your embodiment work um, can become more effective. In the meantime, you can learn to journey. And so there are the classic power animals, helping spirits, plant spirits, the usual compassionate helping spirits that show up and assist us. We have blood ancestral helping spirits. And some of us also have um, ancestral helping spirits that are not of our blood but are still connected to us either through past lives or um, because of the nurturing relationships that we create outside of our blood family. I guess would be the simplest way to say that. Um, and keep in mind always that you live here on earth. And as long as you do, for shamanic practice, you need to also cultivate relationship with the spirits of the land where you live and the elemental energies where you live. Even if you live in a city, they are all still there. So the teacher says to cultivate mastery in some area of life. It doesn't have to be shamanic, but we need to cultivate mastery in some areas so we can begin to understand what dedication and commitment are in our life. And the teacher encourages everyone where you cultivate mastery to then teach and lead and begin to engage again in expressing your power in the world in a way that is valuable for other living things. And then, once you've got the hang of that cultivation of mastery, lean into some aspect of your shamanic life. Dive in deeply and cultivate mastery there. Challenge yourself to learn more deeply about some particular aspect like working with the elements. And in this challenge... Um, the teacher also says, challenge yourself to engage with the unknown as well. That as we um, cultivate mastery on one hand, we need to also engage in time and energy spent being uncertain and cultivating our relationship with the unknown so that we can stay in balance. 
Okay, so one of the most important and uh, fundamental shamanic practice is the need to express the energy that is moving through you. And for many of you, there's so much hesitation and fear around what you're doing in your shamanic practice that you are actually gumming up the works by not allowing the energy that is coming to you to be expressed. So, for example... Um, in the beginning years when I was um, studying with Michael Harner, what he would always do when people would become possessed in class or something would happen that was problematic is it would get resolved. They would always have that person move around the circle of the room and lay hands on other people in need. So even though the person's shamanic experience had been problematic, the point was there was still an engagement with spirit and the energy needed to be expressed. And I think that it's a good example to remind us all that some of our greatest problem is our fear, again, fear, fear of death. Oh my God, I'm going to die if I express myself. So we need to express this kind of healing energy that moves through spirit. We need to express our unique genius in some way. We need to express our creativity simply for the sake of expressing creativity. And we need to express our love And we need to express our gratitude to all of the invisible energies that are helping us with this. And so these energies are the fundamentals to your shamanic practice. So no matter how painful or inconvenient the truth is, in shamanic practice you must be ready to receive it and allow it to change what it changes that you are the agent of change in your life. And shamanic practice is about learning to live in service of the truth and that that truth is always unfolding at the core of any true shamanic practice. So I give enormous gratitude to the helping spirits without whose guidance there would be nothing to say on why shamanism now. I give gratitude to the ancestors who circle around us, to the earth below and the sky above, and to the heart that unites us all. I want to remind everyone that we are taking registrations for Massive Illusion, the beginning of the cycle of transformation for 2017, and the um, we is just about booked. So if you are interested in joining us this year, go to lastmaskcenter.org, and you can find all the registration information there. Thank you, everyone. Have a good week.